Hey everybody, uh, we're back. Today it's Galatians chapter 3, part 3. And uh, for me, this has been a pretty amazing letter so far. I think it's a companion uh, or similar in many ways to the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans. But it's different too, and it's deep and it's rich, and I, I just have found that I can't rush through it. And Paul doesn't either. He repeats these truths about the gospel, <laughs> layering his case in different ways, different angles, different per perspectives that really secures and nails down the truths for the Galatians. And, and I think for us as all also. So far in the chapter, this chapter three, Paul's been talking about two paths that men walk down in the hope of being accepted by God. And that is the path of faith and the path of the law. And he just made like a, a real compelling case explaining how believing God accounts to us as righteousness before God, as it did for Abraham. Now Paul turns his attention to the insufficiency of the law as a means for people who are already breakers of the law to attain righteousness. So let's get to it then. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. Um, first part of the verse. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. The uh, simplicity of truth that Paul is referring to here makes me think of a few other common phrases that uh, we use. Kind of similar, I guess. It's like Sherlock Holmes is saying, This is elementary, my dear Watson. Um, using another phrase, he would go on to say, You have made your bed. Now you have to lay in it. Right? In other words, there's going to be consequences for your actions. And that's what Paul is saying. I mean, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. If it's a law for you, if that's your path, then you have to deal with the repercussions. If you don't make a perfect bed, uh, then you're going to have to lay in that bed and, and pay the consequences. I like this saying really good. Bob Dylan, he has a song about it. You've crossed the Rubicon, right? And Julius Caesar, he crossed the Rubicon River, which was um, a land border. It was forbidden to cross. And when he did, it didn't matter what else he did. Um, he had crossed the point, uh, the line. Even if he re retreated back across, the treaty had now been broken, so so war was imminent. And this life principle is the same for us. Whatever life path we follow, it has a destination at the end of it. That's just the way it is. There are consequences that await us. If our life path for righteousness depends on us keeping God's law, we fall short of doing that, then we will be held accountable according to the stipulated um, things that are actually stated in that same law. Romans 6.23 is one place we learn about those consequences. It starts out, for the wages of sin is death. It does not say the wages of a certain amount of sin is death, or, or and anything less will get you a fine or, or slap on the wrist. No. You know, another saying, close only counts with hand grenades and horseshoes. So, so the, the first half of Romans 6, 23, it describes the path one. 
as God's law. It tells us the, the result of breaking God's law, or, or which is sin, right? The, the, the consequences is death. And it's something so much more worse than mere separation of the spirit from the body. That's physical death. But this death is separation from God himself for all eternity, along with everything good. I mean, even all the common graces that we enjoy today um, that he has given in this life is separation from those things. Then the second half of Romans 6.23 tells us the outcome of the path of faith. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. (laughs) So that's awesome, right? All right, back to Galatians. Paul is saying the same thing. And next he says how taking the path of the law guarantees we will have an accompanying curse. Let's see. Okay, let's, all of verse 10 in Galatians 3.10. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. So verse 10, it, it tells us everybody who thinks they are good enough to keep the law for righteousness, they're under a curse because the fact is no one keeps all of God's law. Then Paul comes just right out and says it plainly in verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. So there you go. It's elementary, my dear Watson, right? (laughs) We see evidence every day of our failure to keep God's law in all kinds of of self-centered things that we do uh, in ways that we don't love others well. So even if it were possible and we didn't have a heart bent to sin, which it's not, or even if we somehow practically evolved into this sinless creature. It's not going to happen in this life. Still, if we could, uh, we've already crossed the Rubicon. Our past failures would make us subject to the consequences of failing to keep all of God's law. So the second half of verse 11 gives us the help we need. Again, I think um, I'll read all of of the verse. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. Right oh, brother. I mean, you want to live, it's going to have to come through faith. You want joy and peace and good standing with God for eternity, then faith is the path for you. Um, to verse 12, um, again, Paul, he, he draws a distinction between these two paths. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. So although, you know, keeping the law perfectly would bring life, no one keeps it. (laughs) So what good purpose does this law provide for us? Hmm. It's in the knowing. The law lets us know we're sinners. It points us to the righteousness that can only come to us, and it comes to us through faith in Jesus. Let me read um, a great passage from Romans chapter 7. It it, it really expounds this truth very well, I think. 
uh, Romans 7, beginning with verse 7. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. And then let's see down to verse 10. The very commandment that promised life, that's the law, right? If you, keep, if you do those things, you'll keep them, you will live by them. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. And then verse 13, did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good. Because the law is good, right? Okay. Uh, through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. So, I mean, it's obvious that, that faith in Jesus, who was righteous, and gives us his righteousness. Um, this path is better than, than relying on ourselves to be righteous. And, and the law just shows us how bad our sin really is beyond measure. Uh, every rebellion against God is, is, is horrible. We, we should never make light of it. So, and, and Paul wants us, even in this Romans letter, to let that, that sink, sink in. Uh, it, it's sinful beyond measure, right? And the thing about God's law is that consequences will certainly be carried out. It's as good as sealed and done, and there will be, or would be, life granted, for obedience to the law. And there will be also uh, death granted for disobedience. Of course, the good news we talked about is that Jesus did both for us. He was perfectly obedient to God's law, that he might place his righteousness in our account, our bankrupt account. And number two, he took on the curse of our sin by his death on the cross. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5. Uh, let's see, verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. All right. So back in Galatians, Paul is, uh, he explains how the wages that came from breaking God's law, the, the wages of sin is death, right? Uh, it, it's still satisfied for all of us who have faith, uh, like Abraham had faith. So, so the consequences of, of breaking the law are sure, they're guaranteed, They've been ratified, and it will come to pass that our sin will receive wages. So, so Paul tells us how the, the law uh, is satisfied. Let's look at verse 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. 
for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might have the promised spirit through faith. So, um, how did Jesus become a curse in our place? Um, uh, one verse that comes to mind, Second Corinthians 5.21, says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. That's Jesus, right? So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He became a curse for us. He, he became sin who knew no sin. Martin Luther calls this the great exchange. Jesus, good, perfect Jesus, he submitted to become under the curse of death that was meant for us. And in exchange, he he gives believers his righteousness. And with that, of course, real life and joy, eternal joy and peace with God. Um, Isaiah 53, 5 Uh, Speaking of Jesus, the the coming Messiah. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. That last phrase, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. So so that's what what sin does. It, It breaks the peace that mankind had with God. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They were cast out of God's fellowship when they sinned. And um, for, for all of us who, before we came to Christ, our sin kept us uh, out of his fellowship. And so that's what happened to Jesus on the cross. Uh, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. So that chastisement of our peace he took for us, and he gave us his his peace and fellowship with God. And this is how the Galatians, they first came to receive Jesus and his righteousness. They became alive through faith, trusting in him who became a curse for them. And they re- received new life in the Holy Spirit, as uh, Galatians has talked about in, in verse 14. Um but now it seems like they're they're just like trying to sustain their righteousness by keeping the law, and, and this difference can be kind of blurry and and hard to catch, uh, especially the way it sneaks in to our way of thinking. We have to be on the lookout for that because we know that that God wants us to to be obedient and keep His law and do good works of love, and knowing all these things, we can. Sometimes just try to accomplish God's will by pure self-made guttural determination. I mean, it sounds heroic, like Peter, who, who said in, in Matthew 26, 33, speaking of all the other disciples, he's, he told Jesus, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Uh, we might think ourselves close to being like a super Christian sometimes, but, but that kind of self-rooted intentionality can be a disguise to, to cover a, a, this growing sense of self-righteousness. And that may be, have been what was happening to the Galatians. Of course, Peter did deny Jesus after that. His own um, ability uh, to keep 
the law of God was uh, not sufficient. <laughs> and uh, so, so I think the thing is we, we need to keep the root of our motivation for godliness uh, in the righteousness of Jesus and not ourselves. Yeah, that would be in his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and acceptance that came through the cross. You know, that's what empowers us, the cross does, to live for Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So, I think we'll close here for today. Um, I've in the past I've been kind of bad at making some of these devotionals too long I think for one listen um, but yeah our victories come as we run back to his mercy and we abide there staying there walking there uh, and and also as we do we are we are quickened by his Holy Spirit and his love um, our power comes through the cross and everything Jesus did for us in his mercy there. Father God, thank you for your word, Lord. Please forgive us where we fail you. Please help us to walk, Lord, in the gospel. Let the gospel of your mercy and your love and your forgiveness uh, and your grace through faith be a part of our everyday life, Lord. We're, we're broken and, and without you, um, we fail. We're a work in progress, 100% righteous. Uh, your righteousness is in our account. Um, but practically, you're working that out in our lives. Uh, please help us to keep going back to you, rest in you, rest there all the time, and, and not walk in pride or self-righteousness. We love you. Thank you for Jesus, our righteousness. In his name we pray. Amen.